I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And hello, hello, everybody. I hope you all are having a beautiful, amazing day, night, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is. So for today's interview, I have an amazing guest. We have the agency Medium Rare with founders Joe and Adam. And you all, this interview right here, I'm speechless. As you guys can tell, I'm speechless. Like they're so incredible just about like how they got started in this realm, like doing events and everything to everything they have cooking for the um, Super Bowl coming up. These guys are phenomenal. Like I can't, I can't even put into words. Like I haven't had an interview like this where I've just like totally blown away by people's just drive, um, tenacity and just everything just seeing them hard at work like these guys are incredible so if you all are into sports entertainment agencies um you like your steaks medium rare <laughs> um you guys want to tune into this episode because joe and adam are truly remarkable these co-founders wow like i'm mind blown so yeah sit down grab a snack tune in this is a good one adam and joe how are you guys colin how's it going thanks for having us on Let's go. So before we get into it, we always do the thing here where we ask what the term young influential means, and there's no wrong answer. So whatever comes to mind. <laughs> All right. Put, put us on the spot. Come out firing. We're ready. Joe, you're, you're up first because that's- Put uh, me up first? That's, yeah. That's a, that's a hard question right off the bat here. Thank you. <laughs> young and influential means that you've, uh, you've grinded your way to kind of have some power and influence um, in the industry, and, and you're up and coming and, and ready to tackle what's next. That's a good answer. <laughs> Adam? That's a good answer. Uh, yeah, similar to Joe, I would say uh, you definitely, you, you've you hustled your way. Um, that, you're, you know, look, you're still probably early 30s, late 20s, and uh, you've gotten to this point now where people are saying, okay, you're not just a kid anymore. Um, you've made it, and, you know, we should take what you're, what you're doing and what you're up to a little more seriously. 
All righty. Come on with these fire answers. I talk about coming out the gate. You guys are already coming out, dropping mics and whatnot and all that. (laughs) That's the only way to start, right? I mean, that's that's how I would start. Um, But before we get into like everything that's like what you guys are up to now, let's rewind and go back to like childhood. So was marketing and advertising like something that really influenced you guys back then? Or like, how did you guys find your like passion in the like marketing ad realm? Well, I think Adam and I both actually have similar origin stories. And to go back um, was when we were both in college. Um, I was at University of Pennsylvania. Adam was at University of Arizona. And this was at the time when dance music and music festivals were really exploding in America. And I started doing events in college um, because there weren't enough shows in Philadelphia where I was going to school and bringing in acts like, uh, you know, the, the chain smokers or less so when they were, you know, early days and doing it for fun and then quickly realized that. Um, hey, this thing could be a business. This thing could start making money and uh, started exploring different entertainment companies. And, um, you know, from there, um, you know, really understood that this could be uh, more than a passion. Um, and that's always the goal, right? To turn your, your your passion into your profession. But Adam really took things to another level in, in University of Arizona. And we'll let him talk about what got him started down there. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, you know, always, always really been an entrepreneur and always was trying to figure out what, uh, what business was going to sort of be my path forward. Um, I went through a lot of trial and error and, you know, really trying and just discovering new types of ventures. And um, it was actually really interesting. I, I had a company at the University of Arizona when uh, at the end of my freshman year, I started it um, called Zona Bucks. And Zona Bucks was a off-campus meal plan. Um, basically, your parents would load up a prepaid card for you to use on campus um, for you to go to all the cafeterias and restaurants that were on campus and right off campus for all the restaurants that everyone actually wanted to go to, right? You wanted to go to Chipotle and you want to go to McDonald's and Payway and so on. But your parents just put all this money on this account that the school started. Um, and I said, man, that, that sucks. I, I want to go to those restaurants instead. So I started a competitor to the university called Zona Bucks. Um, and we were killing the school, like just absolutely destroying them. Every new freshman that was coming in was signing up for Zona Bucks rather than the University of Arizona meal plan. Um, we did a few million dollars in signups and we were really off to the races. And right before my sophomore year started, um, actually got a cease and desist from the university okay. saying that the word Zona was trademarked by University of Arizona. Um, and that, that sort of destroyed the business on the spot. Uh, the U of A really took it to me, which sucked. I was a student there. Um, and thought I was. You must have been pretty afraid. afraid when you got the uh, the trademark infringement. As a yeah, yeah, I know. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know what to do. As a sophomore, I'd never been sued before. This is you like have to hire a lawyer. Hired a lawyer. The whole thing. It was it was scary, and you know that that actually changed that business significantly. And we couldn't advertise near the school anymore. We had to change the name from Zona Bucks to Campus Bucks. We couldn't advertise within like 500 feet of the university. So I knew that this business wasn't really like it, it, it didn't have uh, it didn't have the longevity, but it seemed like it was just a few weeks before um, and had to, you know, I was like, man, I got to come up with a new business idea. And lo and behold, um, it's funny how things work. My fraternity was actually uh, having issues with the school and wasn't allowed to have a Halloween party. Uh, the school said, hey, you're you guys are cut off. You're partying too much. You can't have a Halloween party. So I came up with this ridiculous idea that Campus Box 
could rent the rent the frat house and the school couldn't tell a company that they couldn't have a party. They could tell the fraternity they couldn't have a party. But now this was going to be an office party instead of a fraternity party. Um, and I booked Mike Posner, who was really up and coming at the time. Uh, he was $3,500. I also booked Big Sean for $500. Oh, my gosh. Uh, pretty funny because Big Sean is now on our show for a few hundred thousand dollars more. But pretty cool. <laughs> booked him for 500 bucks at the time. Um, and I know what I was doing. I was just like, Hey, I pay these guys, you know, like $4,000 combined. I need to sell more than $4,000 in tickets. And that seemed like a good, easy business idea. And lo and behold, I did it. We sold, I made like $10,000 or something that night. I was like, Holy shit, this is amazing business. I booked these artists. I put the show together. I sell the tickets. And if I sell more tickets than what I paid, then this is a winning formula. So I, I fell in love with that business. That was the start of it. It was sort of total coincidence. Wasn't meant to be. Came out of the school sort of suing me and destroying my other business. Um, and that was about 12 years ago now and haven't looked back since. Um, and have just been a full-on promoter, event organizer um, ever since that first event at University of Arizona. It's been really fun. No, that's like mind-blowing because like when you – like, first of all, like, I would have been freaked to death getting that, like, cease and desist from the school. Like, I'd have been like, well, I guess I'm just done. Like, first of all, I'd be, like, scared to, like, tell my parents. And then, like, second of all, I'm like, crap, now I'm going to get kicked out. And that's like, another <laughs> story I got to tell them. Like, I mean, that I, I feel like that's really cool that, like, throughout all those trials, you guys kept going. So a lot of times, like, especially when we're in that age, like, after we have, like, one roadblock or whatever, we're like, okay, like, I'll just, like, try it later or, like do something else but like you guys both like kept going like no matter what which is like really cool especially like during that time when it was still early and nobody really knew how to like make money off those types of things or even like put a name to what that type of thing was like that was still like i feel like when party and promotion by the way that's how started. we still run our business every day today every day today we're, we're putting out fires we're going to war and we're figuring <laughs> out an, an alternate way to make it happen right um and i think it's funny adam's first experience in business in college still kind of kind of you know shows how we approach and our, our work ethic today no that's yeah that's it that's incredible and and just like I, i'm still honestly just still like shook by it because i would be like <laughs> like you i'm like you guys like what like that's crazy we're hustlers like, like we're yeah I, I mean i applaud you because i would have been like freaked and been like you know what like I don't want to like do anything else and like even get my fraternity involved. I'm just going to, you know, like lay low under the radar, like go by my middle name, like, <laughs> like the whole, like the whole thing. Like, <laughs> um, but like fast forwarding, like how did you guys like come up with like the name, like doing the agency and like coming up with the idea for like medium or was it like, did you guys have like, the first job that where you guys saw the blank? Yeah. So coming out of school, um, after, you know, wrapping up some of our, our, our promotions company, me and me and Philly and Adam at University of Arizona, um, actually didn't know what to do. And so much, uh, so many of my peers coming out of Penn were going to be, you know, in finance or work as lawyers. And I really had no interest in that. And there wasn't really a clear path to working in entertainment. Right. Um, and then, uh, saw that Robert Sillerman, the former founder of Live Nation was starting an electronic music company to acquire festivals and vertically integrate them and, and create a whole business around that. And I thought, Oh my God, what an incredible opportunity. I'm, I'm dying to work there. So, um, actually hunted down, uh, the COO and sent him uh, dozens of emails till he responded. 
um, <laughs> and was a was an early hire at that company. Um, joined SFX as one of the first, I think, twelve employees at the company, and um, was happy to see Adam there, who was I think employee number ten at the time. Um, and it was a really incredible experience for us coming out of college as our first job um, in our early twenties to have exposure to this newly formed, um, you know, up and coming billion dollar company, um, and was really an incredible ride. So. I oversaw marketing and talent buying for uh, Tomorrowland Festival, which we brought to America as Tomorrow World. Adam was overseeing uh, operations and production at the time. Um, and we're both there through, you know, three, I was there for over three years of what was a, an interesting period where the company went public for over a billion dollars and then in, went full circle and also was there through the bankruptcy. So learned a lot of, uh, you know, invaluable lessons at the time, but more than anything, uh, being kind of that young and hands-on, uh, with a property like Tomorrow World was uh, was a really amazing learning experience. Yeah, that, that was really college for us. Um, one, I, I was a few employees earlier than Joe. So then when Joe joined, I actually hated him at first. Um, <laughs> maybe still hate him. But I definitely hated him when he first joined. I, was, I thought I was the young hotshot. And here comes Joe a few employees later. And now he's the young hotshot. And it, it was I was like, what the hell is going on here? Um so that, that was an interesting start to the relationship for sure. But no, really the SFX days were really college for us. Um, we both very early on, I think we were both probably 22, 23 years old, all of a sudden went from like doing these small shows in college that were maybe fifty dollars to $100,000 budgets to all of a sudden working on properties that were thirty to $40 million budgets like overnight. And, you know, it's pretty drastically different as you can imagine working on a show that's in Tucson, Arizona, or a college show in Philadelphia, and now working on a budget of 30 to $40 million on one of the biggest events in the world. And they threw us right in, right? They threw us right in. We were like in positions of management and, and power um, at 22, 23 years old. And like I keep saying, that, that was college for us, right? That was really the learning experience. There was nothing we learned there that you could have learned in a book or a classroom. Um, it was getting that hands-on experience. Um, and being able to just run and, and being responsible for producing, um, that, that was our learning. And that was really what set us up to eventually go start our own company. Um, so those days were really important. And people always say, man, what, you know, what was, uh, how do you learn to do this? And, um, you know, what book can I read or what website should I go to? And it's like, there ain't no, there is no book for this. There is no website. There is no tutorial. <laughs> It was that hands-on experience and being thrown into the fire that taught us how to do it. Thankfully, it wasn't our money to start. We got to play with someone else's money uh, <laughs> while, while we learned. And then a short few years later, we said, let's do this on our own. We're ready. So um, that's sort of... Well, you, know, when Adam, I'm, you know what I think is really, really interesting about that story too? I think the way that we both independently positioned ourselves as we are the target demographic, right? We were 22, 23, 24 years old in these executive meetings and we were, you know, standing up for our ideas and, uh, you know, really executing on the fact that we are the target demo of Tomorrow World, of these music festivals, of electrics or whatever it may be. And it really gave us the confidence to, um, you know, show up the way that we needed day in and day out and to get the trust that we needed from our bosses to be put in those positions of power. And like Adam said, that was really the, uh, the education that we needed 
um, you know, behind the scenes to be able to start medium rare a few years later. And I feel like that's really, and I feel like you guys brought up a good point too. Like whenever you are working for like these like kind of smaller, like startup type companies, you do get like, just like thrown in and that you do get like experience that you can't get anywhere else. Like when you guys said that, I thought back to a lot of like smaller companies I worked at where I was like 22, 23 and I got so much experience early on. Cause like the team was small. So it's like, you couldn't really be like, Oh, well, like, I don't know if that's, no, no they threw you in there. Yeah, they just threw you in there. Like, you got to figure it out. And like you guys both said, like, there's no book for that. But he teaches you those skills by like trial and error that like you still go on to use later down the road whenever either you move on to another company or want to start your own yourself. Totally. Yeah. So that that was really, you know, Joe and I met there at SFX, got a, got a, you know, got some good learning under our belts and really looked at each other and said, we, uh, you know, we, we would love to start our own thing. And um, we actually were fortunate enough to start it while we were still at SFX, um, which was cool, right? We, we got to uh, keep our job and have a paycheck coming in while we, we got to start the foundation of our company. Um, not too, you know, that's not too common, right? So we were able to, you know, obviously keep, keep the job, keep the paycheck coming in and, and then at the same time build our own business. Uh, we started out together on managing an, um, an act. We found a DJ online, a producer, and we were like, we, we have the opportunity to, uh, together with our skill sets and our relationships, we could probably turn this producer into something pretty big. Um, that unfortunately did happen, but what did happen was Joe and I realized we were a hell of a team um, and that we could do some really crazy stuff and really impactful stuff together. Um, and we also learned a lot about the management business just by having a small client um, and we learned, you know, how to work together. And that was sort of the, you know, really the tip of the iceberg, um, into what our first, first event was together, which was Shaq's Funhouse. Um, and Joe, maybe you want to tell that story because it's so interesting and, um, really yeah. was the start of medium rare and how this business came to be. Yeah, actually when we were both at SFX, um, you know, running tomorrow world in uh, year two down in Atlanta, uh, got a call that Shaquille O'Neal's at the front gate. I thought it was almost a prank. So um, <laughs> went, went went to go pick him up in a golf cart, gave him a tour of the festival. And, you know, I was overseeing PR. So we were excited to have a, a celebrity on site there. And he was like a kid in the candy shop. And he had never been to a music festival, never seen electronic music like that before. And he fell in love. And he kept saying, this feels like Game 7 energy. This feels like, you know, um, like I'm back in the championship. And he kept saying, I can't believe it. Uh, 50,000, 100,000 people all having the best days of their lives, all happy, no one fighting. He's like, I want to be a part of this. And I started laughing. I'm like, what, what do you mean you want to be a part of this? He's like, I want to be a DJ. So um, ended up uh, working with him over the next year on his DJ Alias, DJ Diesel. Booked him for the first time at Tomorrow World in the third edition. And it was a media sensation. Everyone from you know ESPN to Good Morning America to Vice was on site to cover it. And that was the start of the DJ Diesel business. Um, but more than anything, it gave us a insight and a flywheel to the world of Shaquille O'Neal. And Adam and I were able to forge a really, really unique relationship with him. Um, and, uh, you know, had never seen that level of media and excitement in our industry. Um, and it really gave us the idea to start Shaq's Funhouse, which um, at the time, Adam and I started to do something cool and something different. Uh, was not thinking that this would be our, our future business endeavor, um, and I think to, to, to really jumpstart Medium Rare. But went to Shaquille with this idea that he should have his own event at Winter Music Conference down during Ultra in Miami and sat with him and said, 
What would you want your event to look and feel like? Who would you want to perform? What kind of food would you want? Right? How many people are you thinking? What kind of stage design do you want? What, okay, I want a carnival. Do you want a Ferris wheel? You want bumper cars, whatever it is. And the goal of that was to bring Shaq's DNA to life. And in planning that event, what we realized very quickly is that the, the intrigue from sponsors um, was much greater than any other event we'd ever done. The same brands and CEOs and CMOs that were not returning my emails or my calls <laughs> for weeks or months on end um, about all my other events uh, were very, very eager to talk about Shaq's Funhouse, right? So after putting the first one on uh, for, which was, um, you know, scraping together whatever dollars Adam and I had to, to produce it, um, you know, we, we quickly realized that we have a real business model here, you know, partnering with celebrities, going 50-50 with them, not just paying them an appearance fee, but actually incentivizing them to work with us and show up the right way um, and sell sponsorship alongside us um, is a really interesting, viable business opportunity for us. And that was kind of proof is in the pudding. And, um, you know, from, from there went out and, um, you know, replicated that model with, with Gronk, with Guy Fieri, with Damon John, with Sports Illustrated and a, a number of others. But that was really the, the unbelievable flywheel that was the, the case study for Medium Rare. And I, I feel like what's also interesting is like whenever, like you guys both said you kept your day job. And I always noticed uh, the question that I always see happening whenever people like are at an agency and starting another one is like how they kind of like get talent in and kind of like build their clientele without it combating and like what they're doing. So I feel like a lot of times whenever people probably like search your guys name, they're like, oh, but you guys are doing this like. You guys are starting your own thing over here. Like, did you guys ever get like those types of questions or where people were like kind of confused of why you were trying to do your own thing? A little bit, but we did, we definitely did a good job of telling the story and, and the narrative um, of, you know, yeah, yeah. We're, you know, and it actually what was so great was the jobs that we were in, but that those relationships were really helpful in starting our, our business, which, you know, is, is great that people like, had this level of trust and uh, we weren't just newcomers on the scene. Now people are like, Oh, those are the guys that worked at SFX or Joe at the time of the live nation. Like, Oh, these are, these are real, you know, they're, there are nobody work a real company. Yeah. These are nobodies. Um, and I think we would have actually had a way harder time. Um, and this was just like, we were out of, out of the, you know, woods, just like we're doing the shack thing. People would have probably thought we were a little crazier, but because they were like, Oh, that's Adam who works on electric zoo or works on tomorrow world or, that's Joe who works on Tomorrow World or works on EDC Las Vegas. It changed people's mindset and opinions a little bit that like this was a real business and they should probably take it a little more seriously. No, that is true because like after, yeah, because they're not, you guys have the reputation, the events to back it up. I just always like wonder like whenever people do leave, people are like, um, like something going, I don't know. Like I was just like a question. I'm like, oh, but do people always go like, oh, why are you guys doing this? Or even though you built your reputation, a lot of times people are like, well, why do you want to do that? Like, Everyone yeah, thought we were crazy the first time. We said Shaquille O'Neal is doing a late night carnival style <laughs> VIP festival. And honestly, we, Adam and I, were hitting a lot of roadblocks. The event didn't make sense, but we were able to put together this amazing lineup that had, uh, who was it, Diplo and Armin Van Buren and Nervo and all these amazing DJs and, and Carnage at the time. And then another changing moment is when Rob Gronkowski came to that first event. We had tons of stars there. Actually, Damon John from Shark Tank was there at our first event. Von Miller was there. Other NFL Hall of Famers were there. And we were shocked all these people were showing up. And then that, the big moment is when Shaq challenged Gronk to a dance-off. Um, they started breakdancing <laughs> on stage. Gronk went on his shoulders. And that moment was seen around the world the next morning. 
Um, it was all over the, uh, you know, all over the media the next day, Good Morning America, Sports Center, the whole thing. And at that moment, that's when we realized, too, that we have more than an event. We actually had a media property. No, that <laughs> I like I wish I could have seen the break dance. Like <laughs> it was it was wild. But, you know, I think actually the most interesting thing for me is when we came up with the Shaq's Funhouse idea, it wasn't oriented or based on being a business, which every other idea I've ever had as an entrepreneur in my life was always focused on, is this going to be monetarily successful? How much money can I make? Am I going to get rich doing this? And that's how I always formed any other business idea I had in my head was, oh, if I do this, I can make this much money. I can make a million dollars. I can make whatever, right? It was always based on that. And when we started Shaq's Funhouse, we didn't sit down and say, oh, we do this, we can make X, or this is going to be a business that uh, you know is going to grow into this one day. We actually, funny enough, started it because we thought it'd be a lot of fun and would be really cool and actually would help expand Joe and I's reputations to then lead to the next business idea. That people are going to be like, oh, both of the guys that do the Shaq thing at Miami Music Week, we should do something else with them. They're really, those guys are great. But we never once, when we came up with the Shaq's Funhouse idea, said, this is a million dollar idea. This is going to be a business. This is the path forward. It was really because we thought it was a cool idea and we were going to have fun. And lo and behold, now, that been that became our business and become a really successful business. So um, I think it's really an interesting point for for you know entrepreneurs out there that it's like come up with these ideas that are oriented based on what you think is going to be fun and what's going to be cool and what's going to be successful, not based on this is a great idea because it's going to make ten million dollars and that's why I'm doing it. It seems like those ideas always fail um, or aren't sustainable and an idea that you come up with that you think is a cool idea and a fun idea and the right idea that is probably going to wind up being the more successful business in the, in the long term. So um, really happy that we thought about it through that lens rather than thinking about it through, Oh, this is going to be a multi-million dollar business. This is why we should do it. Um, and that's, that's probably my biggest takeaway from us starting um, Shaq's Funhouse. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming, to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. 
Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. No, I feel like that shows you because I feel like a lot of times that like, people are always like, oh, I just want to do this thing because I know like if I have these celebs there or what, that person there, like it's going to go viral and we'll get all the media attention. Or if I do this on this scale, like I'll make whatever. And I feel like whenever you do that, you do, like you just said, like you lose track of what the actual goal is. And like also a lot of times you're working with clients, if you're just focusing on that paycheck or whatever that end goal is you're missing out on like all the things that they're wanting to do and really having them be included in that. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, it's just a good example. You can't, um, you know, force these ideas that need to come, you know, naturally and organically. And those are the ideas with the, with the best legs. And like, whenever you guys are like working with like Shaq and Gronk and all the other people, like, is there like a first step that you guys do to make sure that they feel like you're not just like, just trying to like get, like get whatever out the idea out. Cause I feel like a lot of times when people have like large clientele or large rosters, a lot of times they feel like they're not as in touch to what their needs are. But how do you guys make sure that like Shaq and all your other clients feel like, okay, like when you were planning, like you guys are here and you're actually present. Well, I think it's just interesting also to talk about kind of our approach on how we go and, and, and get new clients. Right. And, you know, from in, in that perspective, you know, we really love to sit down with our clients and brainstorm, you know, what a live event means to them. Um, maybe for, you know, for Damon, obviously, um, you know, very different event than what we do with Shaq or Gronk. And he came to us and said he wanted to start the biggest and most fun black business event ever. Right. And we rented out the Apollo and now bring all these great celebrities together. But, um, you know, really it's a, it's a collaborative process, um, with each of our different partners and from a business standpoint, always look to really view it as an experiential platform for our partners, right. For the opportunity to bring in sponsors, to help fuel the event, to, attract media to to help sell tickets and, and gain even more excitement so it's um you know always really interesting and really there there's no formula to it it really depends on who that partner is um and yeah maybe you want to speak a little bit about how we kind of go after and, and uh, seek new partners yeah well i think that's that's the coolest and most exciting part of our business is how different our properties are right shack's funhouse is a party of super bowl it's like a full-on music festival, carnival party experience. And then we have other properties that are polar opposite. Black Entrepreneur's Day, as Joe just mentioned, a business conference. It's still a very fun event, but it ain't a Super Bowl party with, uh, <laughs> you know, with people, you know, out till four in the morning by any means. So it's, it, they're really polar opposite. And that's what really is so, you know, makes every day so fun and exciting is each of these properties are so different. And we love dreaming up what's going to make the most sense for that partner, right? So Sports Illustrated, we started the Sports Illustrated Awards with them. We've never done an award show before. Next thing you know, we have an award show with DJ Khaled hosting it and Tom Brady appearing at it and LeBron James appearing at it and so on. It's, you know, it's, it's really cool, um, but that's what made the most sense for that property. So it's really fun brainstorming and dreaming up different concepts based on our partner. Um, and as Joe, you know, Joe went through the steps of how we do that. Um, but we're out there actively right now, quote unquote, recruiting talent and going to them a little bit with an idea that we would make sense for them and saying, hey, check this out. Um, here's what we did for Shaq or here's what we did for Gronk. We want to do this for you. And here's our initial concept. Um, and then make it really clear that this is just the initial concept. We want to sit down with you for hours and hours of brainstorming to develop a property around you. And our business model is really simple and, and easy for everyone to grasp. One, medium rare, we'll put up all the money. We're not coming to you and saying, 
we have an idea for you and you, you got to put your, your, your own money up. We come to you and say, we're going to pay for this entire thing. You know, we're going to put up millions and millions of dollars and we're, we're going to take all that risk off your plate. Two, you're going to own this with us 50-50. We're not going to take a fee. You're not going to take a guaranteed fee. We're in this together. And if we're successful, you're successful and vice versa. We each put as much as we get into it. Um, and we don't want to work for free. You don't want to work for free. And we're going to own 50%. You're going to own 50%. Three, we're going to do the heavy lifting. We're going to really do 99% of the work. Um, we need you to do, give us your IP, obviously. Give us your name. Give us access to your social media to promote the event. And work with us on, you know, on brand partnerships and sponsorship. Um, and then to round it out, whatever you're supposed to be doing at the event, right? Shaq, you have to come to Shaq's Funhouse. You're hosting it. You're going to meet the sponsors. You're going to walk around. You're going to DJ. Damon, you're going to host Black Entrepreneur's Day. Um, you're going to interview, you know, you're going to film for two days. You're going to do 10 interviews, et cetera. So really, we're taking on the heavy lifting and trying to keep it as simple and seamless for our partners as possible. And it's led to really successful, you know, business ventures. Um, it's incredible, these joint ventures that are 50-50 owned um, and the partners that we have. And obviously, all these properties now are in year three, four of them, uh, which a lot of businesses don't make it to year three and four, which means that we're doing a great job and our partners are doing a great job and things are working you know, really well. So um, yeah, we're, we're out there recruiting more and more partners under the same uh, lens. And I feel like that's a cool approach too, by like making them feel like they're included in that they're actually part of the process versus like, hey, we're just doing this event thing for you. Like, give us a few ideas and whatever, whatever. But I think like them having that ownership, that that also makes them excited. I feel more to be like, you know, this is actually my event too. Like I can control or I can do X, Y, and Z with it, which which is completely different, which is a cool model. And you also brought up a cool point about social media and stuff like with all the different channels, like, gosh, like there's so many, like be like now we have be real. Like <laughs> how do you guys like keep up with that and like figure out like how to come about using social media for the different ones? Like I know like some might be more active with like yeah. video compared to others. Well, I think actually it's, you know, what, what might actually be interesting to talk about is a big pivot that we made in our business uh, following the pandemic where we really leveraged social media to the extreme. So um, you know, coming out of Super Bowl 2020, we had two amazing events, Shaq's Funhouse and Gronk Beach, both wildly successful. It was our first Gronk Beach. It sold out 5,000 tickets in five minutes. Shaq's Funhouse was a big hit with 5,000 attendees as well. Um, and we were riding high and medium rare was booming. And then we all know what happened in March 2020 when, when the world shut down. Um, and Adam and I had our, our heads in our hands and payroll was increasing and we were growing the business and had all these great opportunities. Um, and you know, so many of our, our peers and contemporaries were in really, really bad situations as promoters with a lot of money out on the table with canceled events. But, you know, we were really in a do or die scenario as a company at Medium Rare. And with our backs up against the wall, we really doubled down and worked twice as hard to start a new division, which was our broadcast division, which was all reliant on social media streaming, right? And we saw tons of these live streams popping up um, that were low quality, that were bedroom produced that were people sitting around their living rooms, right? Um, and Adam and I looked at each other and said, look at all these brand partners involved. Look at all the, uh, the streaming numbers on, on YouTube and Twitch and, and, and Twitter and Facebook. I think there's an opportunity to, uh, you know, take this to the next level in a COVID safe studio um, and, you know, build a new event model here. So we came up with the idea to do Shaq vs. Gronk, the live stream, 
where we paired them against each other in all of these wacky challenges in a studio. And each of these challenges was sponsored by a different brand, right? We had everything from horse to jousting to hot wings uh, sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings um, to Shaq versus Gronk cooking a steak. Who can, who can fillet the better steak uh, presented by grillmates, right? And it was an incredibly fun show. And as you can imagine at the time, um, everyone was still stuck at home. So the viewership was incredible. We had over 5 million views on it. Um, and again, we looked at ourselves and said, wow, we have a real business here. Um, and that started our, our broadcast division. And now today we have multiple broadcast events, including Black Entrepreneurs Day and Producer Sports Illustrated Awards. But I think it's uh, you know, a, a great lesson for entrepreneurs to you know, really kind of double down when, you're, when, when things get tough and you're back against the wall. And look, we had no experience producing a live stream. Um, we didn't know anything about um, you know, TV production or studios. And all of a sudden, Adam and I are writing the script and coming up with all the content and putting out the stream. And, um, you know, again, really proves that, um, you know, if you work hard that, um, you know, anything is possible and you don't need the formal experience, uh, whether that be through schooling um, or through, you know, past work um, to be able to do these kind of things that, uh, you know, if you put it on your back, um, you should be able to do it yourself. No, and that's cool that you guys also had the idea to be like, you know what, like, let's get these sponsors involved because that's so true like i saw so many like low like low quality which i streams and stuff and i'd be like you guys are partnered with x y and z like why don't you do that yeah, can you get a real <laughs> webcam <laughs> yeah, like exactly it's like are we really just doing everything from somebody's iphone like nobody thought to i don't know ran off like these broadcast companies to do this concert <laughs> yeah um but that's yeah. cool that also that you guys still are keeping up the broadcast like within like the doing the like kind of the hybrid type model and stuff like are you guys still seeing that still success growing and doing both or yeah it's incredible it really gives our partners incredible reach um right if you have an event it's for five thousand people or ten thousand people or whatever the number is of people that attend where broadcasting it out it gives you the power to reach millions it's really the ultimate proposition um, to a partner, right? Everything's all, always about reach, right? How many people am I reaching? How many people am I reaching? Um, so to be able to take these events that are in person and then hit another few million people on top of the attendees that were there, it's truly incredible. That's the Black Entrepreneur's Day model where we do it at the Apollo Theater. Um, and we have about 1,600 people there in person at the Apollo, which is awesome. And we make a big impact with those 1,600 people in, in person. But What's really, you know, the, the goal and what's really what the partners are paying for is the reach where we are going out. And last year, we had about 6 million viewers on it. Um, it's the social media campaign that did hundreds of millions of views over the, you know, over the full period, over the full campaign. And then it's the earned media, which is doing another, uh, you know, almost billion impressions when you add up all the great outlets that are writing about the event, including sponsor mentions. So we're really giving incredible reach um outside of just the event itself and we're actively working on more and more of these hybrid events because it is such a great vertical that no one's really taken advantage of um unbelievable that you can do a festival of fifty thousand people how about when you have those fifty thousand people there and now you can broadcast it out to another few million and uh really you know make some noise with your partners and brands so that's how we're thinking about most of the events we're planning going forward uh, yeah, I'm just mind, I'm, I'm mind blown because that's so true that you brought up a good point. It's like whenever you do have these events, you can only have maybe like 
1000 or six or 1500 or whatever, but like bringing in the broadcast, it also not just expands like how many, but also your reach to other parts of the world too. Like you can have people streaming in from like all over the world too, to really expand and really build that international arm, which is really cool. Exactly. And, and that's really also what's fueling even more brand partnerships. Right. And I think uh, it's interesting to think about when we were back at live nation or back at SFX in our early days selling these properties. Um, you know, what we've now understand is that through working with celebrities like Shaq and Gronk and Damon and being able to leverage their platform, we're able to deliver so much more media value, so much more PR and earned media that we're able to two, three X the deal size, right? So when we work with Damon, these these sponsors are able to film custom content with him that then lives in our socials or, you know, what we do at Shaq's Funhouse, we bring in FTX and we build them a Ferris wheel experience and an NFT scavenger hunt experience and Shaq is visiting the activation, Shaq is posting on his social media. And there's really a voice and a soul behind the event, um, unlike a typical music festival where, um, of course, you can sponsor a stage or an activation, but who's there to really speak to it and amplify it? No, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's incredible. And speak and going back to like you guys doing the things at the Super Bowl, like I remember that in 2020, like so much fun. I hate that I didn't get to go to Gronk's Beach because I was in Miami. Um, that's but fucked up, Colin. That's, that's fucked up, Colin. I know. I'm like, dang, I'm like, I'm like, where was I? I'm like. I'm like, because I went to so many, but I don't know where I was. Maybe it was, I don't know. <laughs> but for speaking of like Super Bowl, are you guys like planning on doing anything uh, anything new for the Super Bowl this year? I know it's back in Arizona, we're, so. We're excited. <laughs> um, we're actually, we're going bigger than ever. So we're really, this, this year we're working on three events and potentially four, um, which is really crazy for us. We've never had more than two events in a weekend. Um, you know, a few years ago, as you mentioned, we had Shaq's Funhouse and Grunk Beach. Um, this year, we're really taking it up a notch. So Friday night at Super Bowl, we're going to have Shaq's Funhouse again. Um, Saturday night, we're going to have Sports Illustrated The Party for the first time, which is really an incredible brand. Uh, it's really like the celebrity mecca of Super Bowl. Everyone from Elon Musk to Leonardo DiCaprio to Jeff Bezos um, comes and hangs out at this event, which is just insane. Um, so we'll have that on Saturday night. And then Sunday, all new – uh, we're really excited to be introducing Guy Fieri's Flavortown Tailgate. Um, so partnering with Guy Fieri and building the ultimate tailgate experience, uh, we felt that there wasn't really a lot of fun things to do before the game. Um, and obviously, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Everyone wants to eat. Um, so what's better than teaming up with one of the most recognizable chefs um, in the country to build out the ultimate tailgate experience? So we're literally right across from the stadium. We found the parking lot. Um, you can literally throw a rock at the stadium. We're so close <laughs> and going to have Guy Fieri's Flavortown tailgate right there um, leading up to the game. So three events. Um, hopefully we survive the weekend. Um, it's definitely going to be a battle. Um, and we're really, really excited for these, you know, to, to be taking it up a notch. Um, we are actively working on a fourth event. Um, and who knows, maybe, we'll, maybe it'll be Gronk Beach. Maybe it won't, but uh, that's the idea here is to hopefully even have four events and, uh, really make sure that the whole medium or a team is ready to kill Joe and I after the weekend. <laughs> Let's go. And like to wrap up my thing for like the last question, like we've dropped so many gems on advice and stuff with like starting a business and all that. But like, what's one key advice to like say a college student who's like listening now that wants to do what you guys do, like start your own business and stuff. Like what advice would you give them? Well, I do think that having some, formal, um, not necessarily education, but work experience, um, you know, in your respective field is really important, right? Setting that foundation. And, you know, I think Adam and I are the biggest fans and proponents of entrepreneurship, but 
that base and that foundation that Adam and I got at SFX Entertainment, Live Nation, and Lifestyle was really the ammo that we needed to be able to go and excel, right? So um, definitely think it's important to have that relevant work experience before diving all in. And for those that are ready to you know, take that next step and dive in, you just got to go for it. I think too often people uh, sit around and plan and strategize and, and pull their hair out. But, um, you know, it's, it's trial and error that will ultimately uh, get it done. And it's all about, you know, the grind and the hard work it takes to get there. Yep. I got to agree with that. That That's the, my exactly what I was going to say actually is you got to just go for it. Jump in the pool, like sitting around and waiting to see, oh, should, is this going to happen or should I plan this? And uh, what, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to do this tutorial. and I'm going to go on this website and teach. Just go. Just do it. That's the, that's the biggest advice. Is learn just along the way. Do it. Yeah, learn along the way. There's going to be some speed bumps. It's not going to be an easy ride. That's in anything you do. But you just got to go for it, um, and don't don't sit around waiting for the opportunity to come. You just got to go for it, and and that's the biggest advice, especially in your twenties and thirties. Who the hell cares? You'll always find another job. <laughs> You'll always land on your feet. Just go for it. Just get up, get up, and and give it a try. So, um, anytime someone asks me, you know, what should I do? Should I go take this course? Should I go um, read this book? Should I? go back to school for this, right? Should I get my MBA? And then I'll start my company. I'm like, no, stop wasting time. Just go. There, there's no there's no excuse except just giving it a try. If you have a good idea, um, there's nothing you can do except go for it. Let's go. You heard it here first, people. Just do it. Be like Nike. <laughs> Be like Nike. Exactly. <laughs> but Joe and Adam, thank you guys both so much for dropping all these gems and just great sound advice. And I'm still mind blown by all that you guys are doing. <laughs> We really Thanks, appreciate Colin. it. We appreciate it. We'll uh, see you soon. Hopefully, yeah, see we'll see you at Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'll see you for Yeah, I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Awesome. Well, thanks for having us. Wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 